Well, welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt, the comeback coach, helping you gain peace, clarity, and understanding in your walk with God as a man, a father, and a spouse. Hey, get involved with the show. Send your email to mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. If you're wondering what's gone adrift in my masculine soul and asking, is there more to life? This is where it begins. This is the True Man Podcast. Well, welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt. This is an invitation to radical reconstruction of a man's masculine heart and soul in a place of safe community where we dare to ask questions deep-seated inside a man and explore ways to help you become a better man, a better dad, and a better spouse. Well, on today's podcast... I speak with mindset and self-mastery expert, Victor Manzo. You know, having a good attitude, the right attitude and mindset is important to having a good quality of life. Do you think you could benefit from a healthier outlook on life? Would you like to change the way you do things? Is it possible to live in a healthier way? Well, sometimes the stress of modern life can make it hard to live healthy life, but you can start living healthy right now if you have a healthy mindset. Even if you have a tendency to be pessimistic, and some people do, you can still have a healthy outlook. Just make sure you do it the right way. You know, a lot of people look at their lives and wish they could see things in a better light. Then they beat themselves up for being negative or for not having the attitude and response they wish they had. Well, how about this? Instead of getting mad at yourself for the way you usually deal with life, think positively about your desire to have a healthier attitude. Building a support network is one way to have a healthy and safe outlook on life, and that's one reason why I always encourage getting involved in men's small group. And if you don't have one, reach out to me. I'll plug you in. You know, finding ways to deal with stress is one of the best ways to improve your mental health. And some people can do this by writing every day in a journal or a blog. I certainly encourage that. Some people find it helpful to talk with their friends or join a group of people who can help them. Listen, I think, as I mentioned earlier about writing in a blog, that it's just important to verbalize or write down what you're thinking about and feeling so you can get it out. And listen, I know this can be a challenge for a lot of people. So I want to encourage you, if this is a challenge, for you, reach out to me at mike at truemancoaching.com. You know, one of the many things I have the ability to help with in my coaching practice is helping you make sure that you have the right strategies in place to create the life of more that you want to live. Because who doesn't want that? If you're looking for strategies, just a process to get through everyday life, please reach out to me. Now, Let's get on to the podcast and hear from Victor Manzo about getting into the right mindset. And if you enjoy today's podcast, please, we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a great review on your favorite podcast channel. Thanks and enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to the True Man Podcast. You know, As a men's life coach, one of the questions I often ask people is, what what do they struggle with? I'm always curious. And I'll be honest, many people have a hard time answering that question. And I don't think it's because they're perfect. 
I think it's easy for people to bottle up their emotions and suppress them. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, you know, so a lot of people have these challenges that they like to bury deep down inside. So let's let's talk about this a little and see if we can decode the challenge. So welcome Victor Manzo to the show. Vic is a former certified pediatric chiropractor. Yes, there's a story there and we can't wait to hear it. And he's become a business mindset coach. He's the author of three books. His most recent, Decoding the Matrix. Do you see how I did that there? Victor is the creator and owner of the Mindful Experiment podcast. I love that. Victor, welcome to the True Man podcast. Oh, brother. Thanks for having me on. I am excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, let's just wind up and go. Victor, tell us. You start in your mindset coach now, but it probably didn't start out that way. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you get to this point. Yeah. A lot of times people always, you know, when I say I'm a certified pediatric chiro, that pediatric chiro will just throw people off right there. Like, wait a minute, there's chiropractors for pediatrics. Yeah, you got to ask here. after that, right? You got to yeah. ask. Well, like, what is that? Like, how do they wait? The kids need to be adjusted. Hold on here. And then, you know, taking that whole experience and now I'm a business mindset coach. It's one of those things where I would be like, how do those two connect? And a lot of times we have to take a step back and look and say, well, what's really chiropractic? Because a lot of people think chiropractic is just someone you go to for back pain, neck pain and headaches. And really, and I, I, I told my patients this on day one, when they were in my office, that chiropractic doesn't treat any illness, condition, symptom, or disease. We don't do any of those things. And they'll just give me this look. I always get this like deer in the headlight looks most of the time. Like, and I'm like, you're probably wondering, why are you in my office right now then? And then I will start to explain what we do. And, and what chiropractors do is we work on the brain. That's what we're mainly focusing on and helping rewire the brain to help the body adapt better. That is literally all we do. And can that help with pain? Can that help with, you know, a, a digestive issue? Can that help with, you know, X, Y, Z? Yeah, it can. Absolutely, it will. But it's one of those things where, the premise of what we do is all neurology. And so my experience in my background, while I was learning chiropractic, I also studied energy medicine. I wanted to learn all that I could about healing at every level and every little thing. I was just a sponge of learning. And um, what ended up happening though, in chiropractic, when you go to a chiropractor, you get an adjustment. And what the adjustment's really doing is removing something called a subluxation. Big fancy word. Uh, the way I teach it is just think of it as like a miscommunication. And what ends up happening is, is that when you remove that miscommunication, the brain and body work better. They're more efficient with each other and which allows the body to adapt. So, but what causes that miscommunication in chiropractic is what we talk a lot about. And this comes all the way from 1895. So we're talking about some new stuff here. Um, <laughs> and what they said was, is that it's, it, it's, it's all thought, you know, there's thoughts, there's toxins and traumas, but the, the it's, it's the mental, emotional stressors of life. And so when I'm working with patients and I'm doing stuff, especially in adults, and, I, and I'm, I can't break a pattern or we're seeing something continue to show, then I'll be like, hey, you know what, let's look at this. Let's look at these different concepts. There's some emotional mental stressors that you're dealing with. And sometimes it's, it's, auto, it's playing automatically in the brain. Yeah. And, and so through my understanding of neurology and through my understanding of neuroscience, plus my background in quantum, energy healing and all that kind of stuff, um, it started in spiritual laws, universal laws, that I have always had an interest in understanding the mind better. It's just something I had ever since I was a kid. And so with all that, with the chiropractic, it kind of put it all together to where I got to a point where I couldn't start, I couldn't share this in my office as much because when people came to me, they wanted to go to, to the chiropractor. They didn't want to hear about mental stressors. And some people did, but 
I would say about 90, 80, 90% of my patients are not like, just, just, let's just focus on that, what we're doing here and how just, just hearing you talk about it makes me want an adjustment. I mean, (laughs) can we do that virtually? Is that possible? I I wish it was. It is definitely what, you know, there's, we joke about it, right? It's with some of my buddies. I'm like, we got to figure out how to do a virtual adjustment. I mean, there's an energetic way of doing it, but I don't know if they're, that's going to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't have any, haven't tested that theory out yet. So how did you get to, I mean, what piqued your interest at a certain point? I mean, what, what, what was going on in your life that you were like, this is the direction that I'm going to go in. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get into chiropractic. Like what, what was the, what what was the trigger there? That got me into chiropractic. Yeah. So I went to a chiropractor when I was like nine and a half years old to about 11. My mom has been going ever since about like a year after I was born. She's been to a chiropractor and um, went there for a little bit. And then, you know, just aggravated my mom thinking I made it a, I, I made it so difficult for her to take me to the chiropractor. She's just like, okay, fine. Well, you don't have to go anymore. And, uh, but at 19 years old, I was playing rugby for Arizona state. I've been in nutrition and working out. I, st- I started studying nutrition at 16 years old. I, I was, I've been li- working out since 13, lifting weights since 15. And, uh, my mom's a fitness instructor and yoga instructor. So seeing what, how she lived her life and what health looked like mm, was, yeah. nu- it was nutrition, working out, the kind of thing that people mostly think of fit bodies. I was like, okay, fit body supplements, nutrition and exercise. Got it. That's health. So at 19 years old, playing rugby at Arizona state and, uh, you know, being in the you know, best condition of my life, being able to run a five minute mile. Um, I ate pretty clean for a college kid. I wasn't, I was, you know, I had cheated here and there, but, um, and I took my supplements like anything else. And, and, and one of those things, and what was happening in that first year of, of school is my health just kept declining. It was the weirdest thing. Acne on my back, like I never had before. I had canker sores in my mouth about every 10 days, a new one pop up, headaches, sensitivity to light, digestive issues, um, a whole plethora of stuff. And the more sleep I got, the, the, less, the more or less sleep I had, it was not giving me the energy I needed. I was very, very sluggish in the morning. Mm. So a lot, of, a lot of other things too, but long story short, thought I had a blood disorder. I told my mom, Hey, if you can go, you know, I think I have something going on. There's just too many systems involved here. I have no idea what's happening. She was going to get me into the doctor, but it took like a month, about four days before the appointment. Um, she, my mom just all of a sudden one day was like, why don't you go see Dr. Frank? That was my chiropractor. I was, um, she was going to, and that was the former one I went to. And I'm like, you think you can get me in? If you can get me in like the next day or two, I'll be more than happy to go. I was able to get in the next day and my whole life changed. When, when I, once you showed me what I had going on, then here comes the, the whole thing. Like, wait a minute, you're going to do what to my spine? And you're going to tell me it's going to take care of everything. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to see you a lot in the first couple months. He goes, but we'll get your symptoms away in the first couple months. And then you got to continue going to a chiropractor. And I was like, Hey, I'll do whatever I have to do for my health. And yeah. so then long story short, um, he was right. Two months later, all my symptoms were gone. And two months after that, now I've been working out, I've been eating, I've been doing all this stuff that I've been doing. Nothing changed there. My body was not really defined muscular. I was just a big guy, but I wasn't shredded. And I'm like, it didn't make sense. I was running and doing all this stuff. Four months after chiropractic care, I went down to 213 pounds and I I was 10% body fat. Never been that shredded in my life. And I was like, okay, I didn't do anything different except chiropractic. And so once the symptoms went away and I saw that, it opened up a whole new world of what health meant to me. And I was like, you know what? 
I think I want to do this for the, want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to go into chiropractic. I want to learn more about it. And so I, I shifted my whole career from computer science. I went into business. And then from business, uh, once I graduated and got my bachelor's, that bachelor's degree, then I went into chiropractic school and uh, I loved every moment of it. So that's how I kind of got into it. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to break a phone call off after we get done today, because if I can get shredded like that with more chiropractic care, man, I'm, uh, I hear I'm, you. That's for the first phone call I'm making when we're done here. <laughs> So, I can't promise. I can't promise it does that, but well, you know, but, you know. But it was one of those things where, for me, you know, when you when you look at something from a scientific perspective and you keep everything constant, yeah, you make one change, you can literally go. It had to be that because nothing else changed. Well, this brings up a good a good point. You're you know you're talking about a struggle that that you had. I actually thought you were going to say I had to give up rugby, uh, which seemed like the logical thing to do because man, that is one badass sport right there, friend. But don't yeah. mind if I interject. I did have to give up rugby. Okay. Well, there. <laughs> I did. There you I that, when you brought that up, I was like, oh, yeah, I did. Because I had scoliosis. I, I had a, I had bending in my spine and my Cairo. The same guy who told me I couldn't play organized football at a young age. He's the chiropractor that helped me back from playing. You know, not really helped me back. I just eventually just trusted him. Um, Ten years later, he goes. You can't play uh, rugby anymore. You have to stop. And I was like, come on. This is like the most best sport ever. I mean, I played baseball. I'm a big baseball guy. And I was mm -hmm. like, but this is just, it's, it's not what you think it is. It's very strategic, 90% mental, only 10% physical, as much as it seems like it's more physical. Um, and I was like the camaraderie with the guys and just, it's like a brotherhood. And I was just like, yeah. I, I don't want to leave that. But unfortunately I, I had to make a choice that was better yeah. for my health. So. Well, yeah, it's either that or you're, you know, you, you tear your body up, but, but, but this brings up a good point. And I think this is, you know, because a lot of people have that, you know, we go through this, this struggle sometime between our mental and our physical, and it's, it's hard to know sometimes, which is which I, I think, um, so you, you make this transition. Now you're more of a, a mindset coach. But how did learning what you learned in, in, as a chiropractor help you become more of a mindset coach where you can help people with some of these struggles that they're having? Yeah. So, you know, as a chiropractor, we study so much on neuroscience and neurology, the brain, how the physiology works, how the body functions. And there's a lot of laws in there uh, of the body and how it works. And so that was like the final piece to everything that I was studying because I, I, again, like I said earlier, I was, I was very into energy medicine and I want to understand, I was very, always a person about, I, I'm big into spirituality, not religion, just mm -hmm. spirituality, just in, in, in essence of that. And I mean, I've studied multiple different religions and I was always seeking, you know, I always had a peaked interest in the mind at a young age because athletes, I was always amazed, like what makes a good athlete versus a great athlete I'm yeah. from Chicago, uh, Michael Jordan fan, unbelievably a Michael Jordan fan. So Amen. He, was, he was someone that if you, he is the pivotal peak of mindset. I mean, there's other athletes too, but he is that one who, again, he didn't have the best. He wasn't the most, he was, he was, he was a great athlete, but he wasn't like the most talented athlete. When you look at like someone like LeBron James, who's bigger, faster, and stronger, yeah. you know, Michael had to overcome so much against those individuals, but that's the mindset side. So I wanted to learn what, how does that happen? What, you know, all these things. So I had a peaked interest at a young age. 
And I was always curious about the mind. I always loved to have deep conversations. And so as I started to get old into um, a couple of years into practice, I started, as I knew all universal laws and all these other things, I started to apply them in my life. And then I was just like, but I kept getting these patterns that were coming up. I kept hitting these walls and these ceilings. And I'm like, why am I hitting these ceilings? Why am I hitting these walls? I'm doing everything that spiritual truths are telling you and quantum physics, and I'm hitting a wall. And then one day I was studying behavior psychology and I started, they were talking about different aspects of the brain and I'm going, oh my God, I know this stuff. I was like, hold on, wait a minute. So I started to look back at my stuff that I remember from learning in school about how the brain works, how it functions, different parts of the brain. And it was easy for me to connect the dots to where I was like, oh my God, my beliefs. Wow, my conditioning of my mind. Wow, here's this here. Everyone talk like in the spiritual spiritual aspect or you see it a lot. Oh, you got to get rid of the ego. You got to defeat the ego. And that never sat well with me. And then when I started to study the brain, I was like, no, 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 no. We need the ego. Man, the ego is very important. You just don't want to lead your life with your ego, but you got to learn how to play that game with it because there is a very, like humans wouldn't be where we are today without it, you know? And there's a beautiful thing about the ego that's very important. And again, it's, again, it falls back into the laws of the, the universe, the laws of nature, the laws of the body. There's a law that states that, you know, the body, the universe, nature, it never creates anything out of a desire. It only creates everything. It creates everything out of a need. So I'm like, if the body created the brain and the brain has the ego, there has to be a need for it. And so that's where the whole journey started to dive deeper. As I started going back, looking at my neurology, my neuroscience and everything, how the nervous system's conditioned, how do we work with, and again, what chiropractors do, we work with something called neuroplasticity, which means we change the way the wiring of the brain is. Or I looked at things like Hebb's law and understanding it from a, from a psychological perspective and in a growth mind perspective that Hebb's law states what nerves that fire together, wire together. And so what that means is like, that when every time you fire a certain pathway, it gets stronger. It makes it easier to connect, and your nervous system works in a way where it's the law of the, the law of least uh, least resistance or the path of least resistance. And so it's like electricity. Electricity does that. So does your nervous system. And so how do we then? How do I can help change people? Not just from I was doing that in chiropractic, just from my adjustments and everything we did. But now I'm like, okay, I want to I want to create bigger effects and bigger in your know, aspects of individuals create deeper transformations. And so I was like, well, how I, I have the neurology now, now with everything else I do, I want to apply that and put that to work and start putting the principles together to teach people, share people to really just get down to understanding their greatness and their power of what they want to create. Cause I did that in my life and I saw the huge transformation and it eventually came to a point where I was like, I want to do this for people. And I just, I, I got tired of that feeling inside of me. Like, yeah. What if, man, I would love to do this. What if I, and I just said, you know what? The heck with it. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to write a book. And then I'm going to, four months later, I'm going to start coaching. And it just, just did that. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I love you. I love that you bring up Michael Jordan. He's, of course, I grew up watching Michael Jordan like you and, um, uh, you know, consider it to be, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, because this guy just like knew how to, to win, you know, and uh, he's just one of these guys that could kick it in and go to the next level. And so I, I'm kind of fascinated by that myself. Like what does the elite person do that is so much better than everybody else? And so I say that to ask you, what have you found? Like what separates, because listen, the Michael Jordans of the world, 
it's applicable to everyday life. I mean, you know, if you're leading a company, you're the Michael Jordan of that company. If we, yeah, we could put, we could play it like that. So like what separates the Michael Jordans of the world from everybody else? Never getting in comfort, never staying there, always getting uncomfortable. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. He, he never wanted to be with the best players on his team. I'm not saying he had Scotty Pippen, he had Dennis Rodman. He, he had, he had good players. But it was one of those things where he always wanted to challenge himself to the other players that were great. And it wasn't, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know Michael personally. I don't know the stories. Personally. Right. I don't think he wanted to, I don't think it was a level of like, yeah, I got you. I, I defeated you. Not from that place. It was more of like, I know you're great and I'm going to, I want to go against you because I, it's going to help me be better. Right. And so he made, he challenged himself. He stretched himself every single time. I mean, heck the guy misses a game winning shot and he goes back and shoots another hundred some odd shots right. just to get that perfected. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, there's others, there's others like that. Like Tiger Woods was like that. He messed up on a shot. Yeah. He's going to go back and he's going to redo that shot until he gets it figured out. And so you, you there's a, there's patterns in this greatness. And I, I really believe that it's, it's always, and we can take this from a business perspective or even yeah. just life and just look at it and say, always continue to learn, stay curious, don't get fixed because the ego will try to keep you in a center place. Michael Jordan could have been like, Hey, we won a championship. I said that when we were, we had the bulls were a weak team and we look what we did. We teamed around and we won a championship. We're the best. He never was like that. You can look at every championship he ever won. Look at the last dance when he won the sixth one. It was just as important as the first one. And it's one of those things that you can tell from him. It was always just about, don't, you know, I'm just going to give my best and show up and be my best every single time. And I would even say he didn't even show up as his best because I don't know if you ever know the stories of Michael Jordan. He was actually, he was actually, he played harder in practice than he did in the games. Yeah. Yeah. The stories uh, about practice uh, are pretty, pretty unreal. Uh, and uh, of course it's not a sports podcast, but you know, if you get a opportunity to watch the last dance i strongly recommend it but you know i'm a little biased there because i i'm a bulls fan uh so but I, but it, yeah so but i love the whole idea around learning and uh being curious how do you encourage your clients to do that you gotta find you know to stay curious and do you know certain stuff like that you gotta look at stuff Look at it more from like an aspect of being like, I always say, you got to go back to being a kid. And, and I really bring that back. Yeah. Because, and some people look yeah. at me like, well, yeah, you're going to tell me, especially if I'm working with someone who's like very business driven. And I'm like, we got, we need you to be more like a kid. And they'd be like, what the heck does that mean? And because the thing is this, if you look at and, I, and I'll pull some more stuff from Michael Jordan, because he had a vision, right? And when he first got onto the Bulls, he said, it's going to be a championship team. He had a vision. Yeah. This is one of the most primary things I work on with my clients is because you have to understand that there's a law that states that what you see in your mind's eye, otherwise known as imagination is what you're going to be able to create. You're going to see it in your world. You know, Bob Proctor used to say what you see in your mind's eye, you're going to hold what you see in your mind, you're going to hold in your hand. Yeah. And so Michael done this, Muhammad Ali did this. I mean, you look at the greats of the greats of the greats. They all did this. They had a vision. They were crystal clear about their vision. 
and they focused on their vision no matter what. Elon Musk is another guy who did that. Oh, when man. Tesla three, the, the Tesla three model three car was not being able to be produced. It was 2019. I'll never forget it. It was an interview and the business world was smashing him. He was having negative returns. And they're like, why don't you just give up? You know, you're struggling. You're having a failure here. You have a failing there. It doesn't look like it's going to turn around. And he goes, I love what he said. And I'm, I can't, I'm paraphrasing this drastically, yeah. but he was like, you're judging me. You're looking at me based on my short-term results of where we are, but we have a vision long-term. Everything's going to be fine. And a year and a half later, he was breaking records in the stock market and all that. And now he's the world's richest man in the world. You know, so it's, again, having a vision is one of the most critical things. And this is where the kid light comes in, because I studied a lot of billionaires and, and millionaires. But I wanted to know, like, what do they do that because they have so much on their plate? I was always like, what do they do? Is there a pattern? Are there clues to success? I mean, where's where this at? And um, one of the things I, I studied about billionaires is they use imagination often. They constantly are looking at what they want to create their vision and so forth. And I, when I started to see that they do this almost every day, it'll be like five minutes a day, they'll do something like this. Google took this on. They have a whole thing. I think it's like between one and one thirty, depending on the day of the schedule. They have a time where they let people that employees can go and create and do whatever they want. Like they create whatever project they want to work on and they're all about innovation and doing these kind of things. And it's tapping into that imagination. So when I say being a kid again, that's what I mean is getting into that imagination because once you can get in, once you can see whatever you can see in your mind's eye, you have the possibility. It is possible for you to create that in your life. And so that's the, like the premise of where I start with anything. Yeah, no, it, it's, I like it. Because um, one of the things I think we lose as adults is just our sense of adventure, right? Like everything is so doggone serious. Uh, and I would say that anyway, but it feels like the intensity level, um, and there's a variety of reasons why I won't get into now, but I think we all know what it is, but it feels like the intensity level has just been so ratcheted up over the last I don't even know how many years, but certainly during this COVID period and this um, lack of adventure, I, I feel like it's just holding people back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just don't, we don't tap into that aspect of like, of like when we were kids, you, you wouldn't be like, oh, I can't do that because of this or that or this or that and have all these reasons. You just be like, I'm going to do this because I choose to do it. And, and as a soul, that's what we do. We choose what we, we choose what we want to experience as children. They do the exact same thing. And as adults, we put all these limits on ourselves and we yeah. hold ourselves in constraints and strengths and can't do this or can't say that or can't do this or can't do that. And it's like we, we forget about being unique and, and, and really just understanding, like, be yourself. And this is something I work with a lot with clients about. Um, and it's, so I went through this. I know how this is when it came from business and other things where you're being told, like, I remember when I wanted to be a family, I was like, I'm a family wellness chiropractor when I first started. And my coach was like, well, you're gonna have to work. I was like, but I don't want to work weekends. I want to do this. I want to do that. And she's like, you got to have a Saturday for families because of blah, 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 blah. You have to do this because of this and this and that. So I followed the advice. I, I got this. I became very successful. Coach helped me out massively. But when I hit my fi financial peak, I was burned out. Yeah. I looked at my wife. I mean, we were making money doing so we had an impact in the community where I mean, everything that I wanted all happened right from from, from a business and financial standpoint. I looked at my wife and I just go, if this is how this is and this is how I feel from, and we're at this level, which I thought was going to be all glorious. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do it. 
I'll, 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 I'll do something else. And so then it was, we, we really, we really thought about it. I went into some deep thoughts of what I want to create for myself. And I started to go, you know what? Life's a game. I keep saying this, but am I, I'm not applying that in my life. So I, I, mean, I say life is all about a game and there's rules and there's constructs, universal laws, all this great stuff, but I wasn't applying it. So eventually I said, you know what, hon? I said, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And she goes, you created a successful business. I joined you, our, you know, four or five years after. She's like, and we took it to higher levels. She's like, yeah, I trust you. I said, okay, we're going to cut our hours to 18. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And I said, we're going to go to pediatrics. That's what I really want to do. We're going to, re- we're going to fire over 40% of my patients in my office. <laughs> what we did is we looked at over a six month process and we said, who doesn't fit the office? And it was our fault. It's not the patient's fault. Yeah, It's right. what we allowed. And then, and it wasn't fitting the practice of what we had. And so we shifted gears and I said, we're going to go pediatrics. We're going to take a hit. I don't know how this is going to go, but I need to go this route. And she was like, let's do it. And once we did, it was, we took a hit six months later though, we were breaking records. And, and the reason I share that story is because it's all, there's a power of being authentic with who you are. And this is what I teach a yeah. lot of my clients and I share often because when you do what you love and what truly matters to you, not listening to what someone says and not doing this, there's this level of energy you come with that's always high. And when you can keep your energy high, you manifest or create more of what it is you desire. It's so much easier to play there. Compared to imagine when you're frustrated, you're angry, um, or you're, you have fear. How well can you be creative? How well, yeah. well can you, you, right? That's what I was going to ask you about because you, you, you reached a point and you're like, wait a second, this isn't exactly what I was thinking. And you pivoted. What holds people back? I mean, you made a conscientious decision to make a pivot in order to continue doing what you were doing, but enjoy it more, you know? Yeah. What holds people back from making those pivots in their life? Comfort and fear. There's both of them because mm-hmm. comfort is, well, I could have looked at it and been like, well, we're financially, we're financially fit. Everything's going well. I don't want to risk this, man. I don't know if I can do something like that. Cause here, there's the comfort there of your yeah. lifestyle. And, but then there's also the fear because now it's like, well, what if I I'm reinventing myself and I'm going to come out as a different individual. I don't know if I'm going to be successful with that. That's a big <laughs> risk. I don't know. And I've, I've done this multiple times. I just did this six months ago and again. And it's one of those things where, um, but the, but the, the thing is, somebody asked me this before, and, it, and I love sharing this is that, you know, like what's on the other side then when you, when you get past fear, what's on the other side, I'm yeah. like, it's, it's freedom. Because once you let go of fear, you can actually, you can, you can live that you have, you have there, the fear holds your dreams back. Fear limits you. It puts your, it makes your focus and energy into things you don't want. And that's, that's a construct. That's a mental prison. There's, you know, there's so many things we can label this. Once you get past that and you, and you have faith in yourself to know that you can create whatever it is you desire. And, and once you get past that point, then all of a sudden there's freedom and it's freedom in multiple levels, though. It's not just the freedom that, well, now I have this financial freedom or, wow, I, I chose to do something. I'm experiencing this. But that also gives you more confidence because now, you know, holy cow, this is really true. Yeah. Wow. I made a choice. This is the life I wanted to go for. And it all worked out. Holy cow. What else can I do in my life now? How else can I take this further? What else can I do now? Because now you're playing in the game called life. You're not yeah. listening to others. You're actually choosing. And I even did this to the point I played with this so much that I had a point in my life where I was like, I looked at my wife. I'm like, I want to work under 15 hours a week in the office. 
And she was just like, okay. And my coach at the time's like, ah, you know, it's a different coach. Now. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, you can do it. He goes, he goes, why not? He goes, give it a shot. He's like, he was not, he was not negative about it at all. He, but, but I, he was just like, you are creating, you just think about it this way though, too. You, you might be creating more barriers to make it harder for people to come to you. He's like, just think about that. But he goes like, go ahead with it. If you feel that's true. So I was like, you know, I'm going with this 14 and a half hours a week. That's what I ended up practicing for over three years and the last three years of my practice. And it was one of those things where, um, everything where again, you make a change in yeah. chiropractic, any change that happens in, in a, from, at least from a chiropractic perspective in an office, there's going to be at least a 10, 15, 20% hit. And what that means is some people are just not going to like the change. It, people like comfort. So when yeah. you make a change on them, I mean, even when I changed the supplement and I told them this supplement's even better, it's new stuff, blah, blah, blah. They added new things. Here's new research. They'd be like, no, I want the old one. And I'd be like, hold up. I just told you how this vitamin D is way better because it added this couple of things and it triples the amounts of absorbency rate. And they're like, no, no, I, I, I still want the other one. And I'd be like, wow, okay, this is so weird. Um, but anywho, but yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where, um, but, you know, making that choice empowered me in so many different ways, because then all of a sudden I was creating the life of what I wanted. And like, I'm a coach now. Right. And I joke about yeah. this a lot. I don't joke about it. I'm serious that, but I, it's a new thing I was sharing with a client just last week. We were talking about uh, the law of least effort and, you know, how I worked with my practice in the certain way I did it. And I was like, you know, he's like, what are you trying to do right now? He's just, I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm coaching. You're, you're my client. I'm coaching you. Don't, you know, he's like, no, I'm just curious. What's, what's some, what's a vision of yours right now? I said, I want to have a six hour work week. And he just looked at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm dead serious. It's a six-hour work week. He's like, how are you going to do that? I'm like, you don't need to know the house. That's what gets you in a trap. I'm like, yeah. that's my vision. Yeah. Now, I know I have a plan. I'm not saying the plan has to go that way. I'm very open-minded about the plan. But I'm in a direction where I'm like, this is the life I'm going to create for myself. Uh, and I'm, and I, I'm just very destined to make that happen. Well, listen, I can appreciate that. I, I don't know how many times. And I I suppose I'm like the average person where I just get stuck in the how. Um, and um, when you get stuck in the how, I mean, you can just live in it. Yeah. Indefinitely. And uh, as an entrepreneur, that's a dangerous trap to be in. But I mean, it's just a dangerous trap for anybody. And there's, but when you look at the, when you take a step back, right? Because everyone thinks about that, like, well, how can I get there? Man, even the brain will trick you. There's many things about the brain and the neurology of like, when you think of like, let's say you're making uh, 50,000 a year and you want to make seven figures. Yeah, that's a huge gap. The brain's going to shut down. It's not going to, you know, you got to break it down. It's just the way the brain is. Anytime, that's just why, like, anytime, like, like big words, like whenever I use the word subluxation, I always be like, scrap that out of your mind. Don't even think about it. Because as soon as someone thinks of something like that's a long word, what is that? Their brain's just going to shut down. But there's, we, we also, if you look at how self-help, personal development, you look at business and entrepreneur and all this, I, I, I was part of a coaching group that I just fired a month ago. Uh, because one of the things they were doing is just jamming down, like, just do this, do, 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 and sell to people how they just wanted to be told how, what, you know, st- five-step process, do this, do that. And, and that's what we seek as a culture. We're programmed that way. Self-help and personal development. Here's the five things you could do here. Here's the three things you need to do here. How many times have we been told I know. how to think <laughs> nobody? And it's very rare. This is why I became a coach. There are not many people telling you what to think. 
you know, and, and start to empower yourself. I always use the analogy and it's, it, it's a, a parable in the, the Bible. Jesus taught, well, you know, or I don't know if it was Jesus, I can't remember, but it was the whole fish. You know, you give a fish for a yeah. day, you feed a man, but then you can go teach him how to fish and you feed him for a life and all that. And, and that's the how versus the what, you know, if you're teaching people the hows, you're only teaching them how to be fed for the day. But if you can teach them how to, what to think, now all of a sudden you taught them how to live their life in whatever way they want. And, uh, it's a different process, but you know, the, the answer and solution to that is it's like the man search for meaning. Victor Frankl, he said it best. It's, uh, when you, I think it's when you focus on the why you can, the, the house take care of themselves. or you overcome the house or something like that. And this is that power. And there's so much truth in that from spiritual laws, from energy, from quantum physics, all yeah. these different things that support that quote to show if you, and we've heard this so many times, how many times have you heard focus on the why, just focus on your why and you'll overcome anyhow. Um, but there is such a deep principle to that. But the problem is that we have in society today, what I see at least, is that nobody really knows what they want. Yeah, We have an idea, right? Think about that. We have an idea, but that idea is not yours most of the time. Yeah, I mean, because what happens is, and I, listen, I've been stuck in that too. Um, Me too. What? Yeah, what, what do you want? And you're like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go out on Google and uh, maybe Google can help me answer that question. You know, I, I, how many people have done that? Everybody's laughing right now that's listening to this podcast. Uh, you, know, you know, I mean, we've all done that. But what is it? And, you know, for me, it's, it stimulates ideas sometimes. I'm not looking for the answer in it. I'm looking to stimulate ideas. And that's a quick form of doing it. And that's why I circle back. I call it uh, our just fast food culture, right? We've gotten so used to like everything being right there, right there at our fingertips. If you don't know what it is, just grab your phone and Google it or whatever, or, uh, you know, ask your phone, it'll give you the answer. And um, there's just, um, I feel like a real loss, a critical loss of thinking and the ability to just really be creative is lost in that. Do you yeah, feel yeah. that? Oh, no, I'm hundred percent with you. I mean, it's just one of those things where you understand we we're so locked into a left brain dominant world, which is logic and information and all these different things mm -hmm. that we don't, we, we, we forget to feel like yeah. we forget to tap into this power. And a lot of times when I say feel some people are like, well, yeah, I'll think or I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll think of something or ask a question and then I'll, that'll be that. And I'm like, you're still in your head. You got to think of the question. I'm like, you're still there. Like that's the, that's a backward process. I'm like, you got to get into the feeling, like use your body as a tool. Your body is so, I mean, our brain is more powerful than any super, you can put all the supercomputers together in the world and our brain's still better. You know, and our body is one of the most advanced technological things that we've ever experienced. And we, we yeah. only know 10% of it. All the medical science, everything that we've studied and learned for hundreds and hundreds of years on the body, we only know about 10% of what it does. That's it, 10%. It might be 11 or 12. It's been 10, 12 years since I've been in school. So it's been, uh, you know, it might be, uh, you know, 12, 13% now. But when you really think about that, we don't know 90% of what the capability, the power of what the body can do. But yet one of the things we, we do understand is that, there's this thing about feeling that can guide you in so many ways. 
And it's not just a woo-woo thing. Sometimes when I talk about feelings uh, or intuition, a lot of times people are like, oh, that's, that's that spiritual stuff. No, it's not. There's actually, there's neural, I can, I can take you guys through it really quick. Just think of someone who may, who you love and appreciate and who you really have uh, just a love, someone who's just very dear to you and you just love them dearly. You're going to feel some sort of lightness in you. You're going to feel something in your stomach yeah. maybe or your chest. Uh, there is going to be a fit. That's a physiological response. And this is from the neuropeptides that get created in the brain. Once they get released, then all of a sudden it creates this whole chemical reaction that gives you emotions that you'll feel. Now, the opposite is true, too. If you think of someone you can't stand, you hate, um, you know, or dislike or whatever it may be, you can feel your body gets heavy. This is the most simplest way that you can use your body as a tool to feel. And, and it's very important. So when you're like, for anybody who's thinking about like, oh, how do I do have to do this? How do get out of that. Don't even think about that. Get into the why and use these two things as a tool to just get into the feeling. And when you start to feel this lightness, you start to feel good about something, you feel energetic and you get this like little kid feeling coming into you. Follow that. You don't need to understand it. Don't put a label on it. Don't try to, because when you put your, when you try to get your, your intellect onto things, you limit the process. It puts, remember your left brain puts things in boxes. Your right brain's like, how can we open up all the boxes? Right? <laughs> the right brain is like, let's stop limiting things. Yeah. I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm infinite. I mean, even just from a, a computing power from the right side of the brain or left side, your left side of the brain can only handle seven bits of information plus or minus two. I think it's every second. The right side of the brain is about a million bits of information, give or take plus or minus. I don't know if it's a couple hundred thousand there or something, but um, you can see the difference in computing power. And oh, so gosh, yeah. when you're in this feeling state, you, 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 if you just don't get so intellectual, you can actually access harness stuff, power, feelings, and so much more. Things will come to you. You may not understand them. You, you know, sometimes like when I'm doing deep meditations, things come to me. I, I, I have no idea. It's a feeling. It's an energy. I've been doing, I've been, I've been feeling this all my life. So I'm, I'm very easily to under, you know, like the, yeah. like not try to figure it out. I'm just like, all right, I don't know what the heck that meant, but I'm just going to go with it. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll all come together eventually because it always does. And uh, it's one of those things where now you're starting to tap into your power and you're not limiting yourself. Because when you get into the mind, you know, 95% of us are living our, our lives on autopilot. You know, it's driven by the subconscious mind. And so, but the same thing, a lot of times people, there's books out there and stuff. They'll tell you like, oh, you can consciously habit, you know, just do habits and consistent and habits and all these things. And you can program the subconscious. I'm like, you can do that. It just takes a lot of work. Or you can use the feeling side, which is actually what program the subconscious mind and start to shift it. Yeah. And it's why what you're saying there is why I encourage people to have a coach because listen, for a lot of people, there's work involved in this. I mean, like, you know, I'm more into when you were describing, you know, think of somebody you love and then I, I could feel it in my body, but that doesn't, you know, that's because I've done a little work. So like instantly I can hear the words and I, you know, it just kind of comes over me. Um, you know, 10 years ago, I, it just probably would have gone over my head. And I, I think that that's the beauty of working with a coach is that, you know, you can, you can uh, really uh, get more in tune with yourself by studying yourself. And, and, and sometimes two heads are better than, than one. And that's why I've always loved the, the coaching process. Lord knows. Um, I've had a lot of coaches in my life on a variety of different things, quite honestly. So I, I encourage that. I, I'm sure you do the same. 
I'm 100% with you. I've never had not a coach. And, you know, just to add even to that, um, I got 21 years of nutrition experience and, yeah. and self-taught in so many different ways. I, I, I studied so much. And yet when it comes to my nutrition, I have one of my good friends um, who's very into nutrition and health. He's a chiropractor too. And I will always run everything by him first before I do. He's my coach. Hey, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. What do you think? Here, do this, this, and this, and you should do that. All right, great. Or here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Here's what I know, but you tell me what you think I should do, and I'm going to do it. So I'm taking myself out of the picture. I have a chiropractor. I have I, I know over 36 different techniques in chiropractic. I'm very science-based in chiropractic, also very philosophical. And <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one of those things where, but when it comes to my health and the chiropractic side, like I told I, my new chiropractor I have, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm your patient. Yes, I'm your chiropractor. I mean, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor. I adjust him, he adjusts me, all that stuff. But I'm like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to come to you for whatever chiropractic stuff questions I have. You're like, you're my chiropractor. I, I seek to your advice on what you're going to give me. Even though I may know some of the answers already, there's one thing I learned in chiropractic school that I was very appreciative of hearing this quote, and I made sure I was never going to do this in my life. And that is, um, the doctor who treats himself is only but a fool. Mm. And that was a very powerful quote because I thought about that for a second. And I was like, Okay, I'm never gonna have. I already have. I'm always gonna have a coach for performance, for you know, yeah. business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, got my chiro coach. I got. I mean, it's just my chiropractor. But but then I have my nutrition coach. And you know, and I told my wife next year I want to get a fitness coach. I already know a lot of fitness. I'm in good shape and everything. But I was like, you know what? There's levels I can go deeper that me, my mind will hold me to. But if I have a coach, he's going. He or she's going to push me and help me break through barriers. They'll see other things I may be missing and they'll help yeah. me to accomplish even deeper levels. I never been, I never, it's been a to. total complete level of accountability. And, and, um, I, I, you know, you can, you have to walk through that door to appreciate it, I think. So, you know, and I, I you know, I'm very pro people, Hey, walk through the door. There's no shame in that, you know, w- w- walk through it because you can go deeper. You can have, you can have more and it's, it's awesome to experience. So it, with that, hey, Victor, listen, want to give you an opportunity. We'll, of course, put all this information in the show notes, give you an opportunity. How can people, uh, as we wrap up today, reach out to you and contact you and learn more about what you do? The best way to get a hold of me or to follow what I'm doing is my website. It's empoweryourreality.com. I got free sources on there, the podcast, blog, and all that good stuff. Um, you can get my new book on there. It's right in the middle of the page. You scroll down to the bottom, you can catch me on social media. I post a ton of stuff on there. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. So um, always posting, always sharing. Um, and if you have any message or questions, anything here that we discussed, I, I do get, I directly DM me. I do look at them. I do respond. I love hearing from people, uh, because this is a, this is, I do this for, I do this out of a passion and, and, a, a purpose from my life. And it's just enjoyable to be uh, a kid creating and learning and, uh, sharing what I learn along the way. Well, there you go, v- Victor, it, it shows up your enthusiasm and, and passion, comes comes out as you talk about it and for that i i uh, have a great appreciation so thanks for being on the true man podcast today victor really appreciated having you on thank you for having me i appreciate it you bet take care improve your life today with mike van pelt and true man life coaching let's develop a roadmap of discovery that leads to success and satisfaction in your life For additional information and details on how to schedule an initial coaching call, 
go to truemanlifecoaching.com.